I've been thinking during this time that we have been social distancing about a lot of things, and I don't know about you, but I've also used it as an opportunity to do some special things in my life. One of them is I have pulled out the works of John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, and have used it as an opportunity to read his journals and to read and brush up on my Methodist history and to realize that Wesley himself lived in a time that was a troubled time and he sought to continue to be faithful to God in his calling as he struggled with understanding how to lead his Christian life. I realize that as I have been pastoring and as you and I have been living during these last few months, that way back to when I was in seminary, I had a lot of courses, but I never had a course in pandemics. I learned how to translate the Greek New Testament into English. I learned systematic theology. I certainly learned a lot about church history, but pandemics was just nothing that we ever were trained in. And I'm sure you probably have thought much of the same in your own life of realizing that as we seek to live out faithfully, there's a lot of things that we're being asked to do these days that we just were not prepared for. Well, along with listing or reading things about Wesley and our Methodist heritage, I've also spent this as a time to brush up on my knowledge of old 1960s rock music. I saw a wonderful program on epics about Laurel Canyon in California, which was a place where so many of the rock musicians of the 1960s lived and sort of became an art community together. It was there that, believe it or not, Alice Cooper, Frank Zappa, and Joni Mitchell all got to know each other, along with The Doors and a whole bunch of other really famous rock musicians. Of course, it continues right into the 1970s, where groups like the Eagles were formed, and that's the home of where Linda Ronstadt and Carole King lived. In doing that, in watching that documentary, it also got me back listening and paying attention to some music that I hadn't listened to for a while, and I was reminded of a song by the Beach Boys off of their Pet Sounds record that really describes how I have felt, and you probably may have felt the same way recently. And the title of the song says it all. It's called, I Just Wasn't Made for Times Like These. Have you had that feeling recently? I just wasn't made for times like these. As I said, I didn't have a class in pandemics in seminary. And so much of what we're being asked to do and how we're asked to live our lives can feel very strange and very awkward because so much of what had been normal to us is not normal anymore. It also got me thinking of one of my favorite movies. My son David always says that, I don't do uh, enough um, illustrations for pop culture, so I will try one this morning. The problem is, I think it's from about 1936, and of course, it's The Wizard of Oz. And many of us these days feel like we're Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. Think about the experiences that she had of landing in this place wanting to get back to Kansas, back to something that was familiar, wanting to get back to that which is normal. 
all the while, the problem with so desiring to go back to something is that we can miss what's right in front of us. And that certainly happened with Dorothy. When you think of how she finally ends up back in Kansas, she looks around and realizes that her very friends were there with her all the time. And we need to be very careful that if we have a desire to go back or to get somewhere, that we don't do it and miss what's right in front of us, the time that you have with your children, the time that you have with your family, the time to not have to commute and drive so far for many people that gives you more opportunity to, as I've suggested in my own life, try to look at some things that are important that maybe I need to take on at this time to learn more about. But we also think of Dorothy because she ended up in a place where everything was different. There were now munchkins and scary trees and evil-looking monkeys. And all of a sudden, one day I was out with Regina and we are driving in the car and we were over by a place where people were walking into a takeout restaurant and everybody had a mask on. And she said, how Odd it is to see people dressed and looking different than they had before. Even Dorothy didn't know who to listen to. We, of course, know, well, sure she knew who to listen to. She listened to Glinda the Good Witch. But if you were watching that for the first time and thinking about it and thinking about her experience, how did she know that Glinda wasn't there to deceive her? After all, Glinda was a witch. And at the same time, there was the Wicked Witch of the West. And all the while, what's Dorothy looking for? She's looking for a path. She's looking for a way back to Kansas. She's looking for a way home. And we would say, well, she found the way home. She had to follow the yellow brick road. But go back and watch The Wizard of Oz. As Dorothy is headed down the yellow brick road, she comes to the place where she experiences a scarecrow. And at that moment, there's a fork in the road. And now, even though she follows the road, she doesn't necessarily know what direction to go. Yes, we can start feeling like that in our life. We can feel as if we just weren't made for times like these. As if we are in an odd and an unusual place and we want to get back to some place where we feel it's normal or for us as home. Well, the truth is that the scripture makes it clear that we were not created for times like these. In fact, we were created for something very different. You and I are God's children. We are created to live in heaven. We are created to be eternal children of God, to live with our Savior forever in heaven, in a place in which there is no pain, where there is no suffering, where there is nothing of all of the problems of the world that we live in. And therefore, when we feel as if we're living in a strange land, that's not just something that we should feel in the midst of a pandemic. That's something that if we're honest with ourselves, we feel all the time. We look around our world and we look at the problems and the injustice and we say life just shouldn't be like this. And that's true. We were created to live in a place where there's no pain, where there's no suffering, where there's no hurt. And so as Christians, the Bible talks about how we long to go home to that place that God has prepared for us. But then we also need to be careful because we don't want to become so heavenly minded that we are no earthly good. Because having said that, that you and I are created for heaven and created for a relationship with God for all eternity, we are here. And we have a plan and a purpose for our life every single day, right where we live. 
And that's why we can feel like Dorothy, sort of in this strange place and wondering, how do we get through this and what do we need to do? It got me thinking about the Bible text that we chose for this morning, which is out of John chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. And it's a time in which Jesus is at the end of his life. Now, that's an odd thing to say, especially if you knew Jesus in the first century, because Jesus was only about 30 years old. It struck me as I was preparing this message. At the time in which Jesus was going to end his life, that he wasn't going to be here anymore, that he had come to give his life as a sacrifice for you and for me. He was approximately the age of my oldest son, David. That's a young person. That's a very young man. And all the while, Jesus has lived a life in which not only do we sometimes feel like we are from a different place, he truly was from a different place. He lived here without sin and with no imperfection. He lived a life in which he loved others and cared for others and spoke truth to everyone. That when he saw someone who was disenfranchised, he took up their cause. When he saw somebody who was struggling or somebody who was an outcast, Jesus was the first to befriend them and to extend love and grace and, and welcome them into the family. And then the Bible makes it clear that by the time we get to John 14 in the Gospel... Jesus has had about three years with his closest friends. And now he gathers them all together with them and brings them all together for the purpose of explaining to them that they are about to go through a different thing, something quite unusual. The Bible tells us that they are about to go to a time in which Jesus is going to end his time here, his life is about to be laid down. He's going to give his life on the cross. They'll see the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension. And they will truly be in a strange and an unusual time. They will be living in a time and a place in which they now are going to be asked to start the church. And to reach out with God's love and God's grace to begin the movement of the Holy Spirit to set up God's kingdom and, and the work of the church. And in reality, they're going to enter a very dangerous and unusual time. A time in which, if you and I think that we're in a strange place, you can't even imagine what it would have been for them. And so Jesus speaks these words to his friends to those that he's closest with as he gathers them around him. He doesn't tell them to be afraid. He doesn't tell them to have concern. He doesn't do like the robot in Lost in Space and say, danger, Will Robinson, danger. He doesn't tell them to run and hide. He says something much different. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Think about that. His disciples were about to enter the most difficult time in their life, and Jesus' words to them were, don't be troubled. Don't be upset. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me, for in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, but I go there to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come and take you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Yes, he's making it very clear with those words that we are created for a place in which there's no pain, there's no suffering, there's no hurts, there's no injustice. 
He's prepared a place and a home for us and a home that we long for, but now we continue to live here. And that's why Jesus continues by saying these words, and you know the way that I'm going. But Thomas says to them, Lord, we don't know. How can we know, when he asks the question, how can we know the way? At which point Jesus responds with this amazing statement. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. It raises for us living at any time in which we feel like we don't have a roadmap, any time in which we feel like life is odd or unusual or difficult for us, to ask ourselves that very simple question, who do we follow? Who do we follow? Who do you and I follow at those times in our life when we don't literally know who to listen to? We discover that too many people in our society follow the wrong things. If we go back to the story of the Wizard of Oz, we discover that Dorothy had a yellow brick road to follow. And all the while for her to get back to where she was going or to resume her life back to what she was desiring, she was told to follow this path. And although, as we've already mentioned, that that path had a fork in it, she still knew that She had a way of a thing that she was supposed to pay attention to and put literally one foot in front of the other. Years ago, when Regina and I became parents for the first time, a good friend of mine who had said to me, you know, Stan, when you finally become a parent, you're going to discover that absolutely everything in your life is going to change. And to me, I had no understanding whatsoever about what was going to take place. What did I discover? I discovered that absolutely everything in my life changed. As a new parent, I would have loved to have had a yellow brick road to walk down or something that was particularly a guide path. And then I discovered, as every new parent discovers, that we do have a path. We do have one to follow. We do have something to pay attention to. What do we follow? We're invited to follow Jesus because we are literally told by Jesus himself that he is the way. What you and I are invited to do in our daily Christian life is to build that relationship with Jesus so that we get to know him better. And as you and I build our relationship with Jesus and discover that he's the way, we start understanding how to face the things that are troubling in our life. He's the one who teaches us to forgive, to be understanding, to love and pray for our enemies, to realize, as he told us in our text this morning, not to be afraid. Instead of having a map that tells us every single decision to make, that's not going to be offered to us. But in that relationship with Christ, in which we build that closer relationship with Christ, we literally discover that he is the way. And so if you're feeling as if you're disenfranchised or frustrated or don't know where to turn, my question is very simple. What do you follow? 
What are you doing about your relationship with Christ? Are you getting to know him better? Are you starting your day and going through your day by turning concerns over to him? Are you trying to control everything yourself? When we get totally caught in our own heads and think that we have to make all the decisions and we have to figure everything out, we miss one of the most obvious things that the scripture teaches us. That when we have a relationship with Christ and we follow him, and the way in which he lived his life, and how he invites us to live our lives, we start being able to get through the things that otherwise would trouble us. But it's not just what do we follow. Who do we listen to? Do you ever go in a time in your life when you realize that there's so many voices you literally don't know who to listen to? We try to be well-informed, and we certainly need to be well-informed. But let me give you a challenge this week. Try not to be just informed. Try to be over-informed. Try to pay attention to every news article that's out there and every bit of information, and I guarantee what's going to happen, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be filled with anxiety. You're going to be overcome with fear and doubt and insecurity. Because the truth is, if we just listen to everything and every voice that's coming towards us, It'll drive us crazy. It'll literally drive us nuts. I paid attention sometimes to picking up a news source and realizing that I can take one newspaper and find two absolutely opposite opinions right there within two different articles saying two different things. And so people get to the point and they say, I don't know who to listen to. Or here's another one. I challenge you this next week to just really pay attention to social media. Just get on it like you had never have before. Just Watch it and follow everybody and listen to what everybody's saying. And I guarantee you the same thing. It drives people crazy. Because there's so many opinions and so many thoughts and so many things that people project out there. When people start listening too much to social media, they start feeling insecure and less than compared to everyone else. You could also try getting yourself a conspiracy theory friend. There's plenty of them out there. They're from every political persuasion and every theological persuasion and every belief you can imagine. People who believe that behind every single rock there's another conspiracy. All of those kinds of voices we just get overwhelmed with in our society. For Dorothy, she's now in the land of Oz. She's in this strange and unusual place. She's seeing these unusual things. She's trying to follow this yellow brick road, this path. She's trying to figure out who to listen to. And she discovers in her life that she's got Glinda and the Scarecrow. She even thought that she eventually needed to get to the city of Oz where she could listen to the great and glorious Oz. For you and me, if we understand Jesus to be the way, the truth, and the life, we hear also this idea that Jesus is the truth. Who do we listen to? We can listen to Christ. We can listen to God's word. I challenge you, instead of taking those not-so-helpful suggestions of a conspiracy theory friend or social media or bombarding your mind with all kinds of news sources, try this this next week. Start every day with getting up and reading a Bible passage. Just start your day with listening to God's word, the truth. Just listen to God's perspective on who you are. I love the praise song that says, 
I am who you say I am. You see, once we start listening to the truth, it completely changes us. As Jesus himself said, the truth will set us free. Listen to a devotional. To open in the morning a devotional and, and read a positive thought before you open your cell phone or turn on the news or get blasted with all the other messages and keep that in front of you for the day. Keep focusing on the, the truth of God's word of how he wants you to live and how he wants you to forgive people and how he wants you to trust in him and not be filled with fear and not be filled with anxiety, but know that God is in control of all things. We have a wonderful parenting class that we're offering here at Faith Community Church, and we thought we were going to have about five families that were going to sign up for it, and it ended up being 17 families. That's an amazing thing. We had to split it into three different groups. And in the first session, we all watched a video, and in that video, there was a scene from a movie in which a woman is sitting with another woman who's a wonderful Christian woman, and she says, I just wish there was a manual on how to raise children. And her friend said, there is one. It's called the Bible. Take the book of Proverbs and start reading Proverbs and start listening to the wisdom of God's word, the truth of how to live your life and how to treat your children and how to be consistent and how to understand that you don't always have to be the friend to your child, that there's a place for discipline and, and there's a place for helping you just to learn to live properly before your children. Our relationship with Jesus leads us to understand that the truth is found in Christ. The truth is found in God's word. The truth is found in discovering that when we encounter people, we are encountering people who are created in God's image. Every single person that we talk to, every single person that we come in contact with is a beloved child of God. And when we read God's word, it changes our perspective on them. When we start seeing people who we have trouble with, we're told not to get upset with them and, and let them get in our heads and get us all bothered and, and confused, but to pray for them. To pray, it's a simple answer. Pray for them. You hear, you see something that, that has you concerned, pray for the other person. Jesus helps us understand. What do we follow? We follow our Savior. He's the way. Who do we listen to? We listen to Jesus, and we listen to his word. But the last question I have for us today, if we accept the fact that we weren't made for times like these, but we are here, and, and we haven't fully been prepared in our own minds and our own experience to face a lot of the things that we need to face, what are we looking for? What are you looking for in your life? It's a great question. What really matters to you? Are you hoping to have a bigger house? Are you hoping to have a job better than anyone else's? Are you hoping that you can someday take the vacation to end all vacations? What truly matters? What are we all looking for? I know that, again, if you go back to The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy was clear what she was looking for. She was looking for Kansas. She wanted to get back to Kansas. She wanted to get back to something that was familiar for her. Far too often, we don't even know what we're looking for, and how can we ever find it? It's important to take that pause in our life and to realize that if God's word is true, and it is, and we are created for eternity, and we are, and we're created to be people who are people of reconciliation, which is why we were created, 
And we are created to honor God in all the ways in which we live, which is how we were created. And we have sin in our life, and we do wrong, so we're not to be arrogant, but we're to be humble and realizing we're no better or worse than anyone else, but we need to receive grace and forgiveness every single day. That as we grow into that understanding of becoming closer to God and better Christians, we'll discover a purpose in life. We'll discover it affects every single thing that we do, no matter whether we are out on a fishing boat or if we are working in a grocery store, or we are at home singing worship music, whatever we're doing, it doesn't matter what we're doing as long as we understand that we're building a positive relationship with God in the process of doing it, in living the way that Christ wants us to live, with grace and love and forgiveness and understanding towards others. You see, what we're looking for makes all the difference. The truth is, we've been lied to many, many times. We get told every single day something's going to make us happy, and it's not going to. We get sold bills of goods constantly. Told, buy this, do this, figure this out in your life, and you'll finally be happy. Time after time after time, those lies get perpetuated and given to us. Try understanding something new. Try understanding that Jesus is the way. Getting to know him and living to get to know him better, you start discovering the path of how we should live. Start realizing who you listen to that we need to listen to God's word first. Not after we're all upset with everything else, but first. And start discovering that what we're looking for is what Jesus calls life, real life. Life in which that relationship with Christ, we have peace in our life. A number of years ago, our youngest son, Todd, was struggling with something, and I asked him straight out. I said, Todd, what are you looking for? And he said to me something I'll never forget. He said, I'm just looking for peace. Just looking for peace. That's what we want in our life. We want peace. Just to know that we're God's children, that we're forgiven, that we're filled with grace, and that Christ is with us no matter what we face. As the Beach Boys said, I wasn't made for times like these. Probably a lot of us feel like that. But if we get ourselves focused on all of the negativity and all the things that divide us and all the things that can cause problems in our world, we're never going to find satisfaction. So I invite you to consider as we go through these I am statements of Jesus, to realize what our Savior says to us today. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the grace that's given to us through Jesus. We thank you for an opportunity to get to know our Savior better and to know that he is guiding and directing our paths. Help us to learn to live for you and to listen to him in everything that we do this day. And give us that peace that passes all human understanding that today and every day our hearts could be softened and transformed by your love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.